Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Almost horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius, more well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes. Hello? Am I on? It's me. It's Adam Sank. Welcome back to The Ass. Today is Sunday, January 28th, and uh, and we're back for another hour. And I'm excited because in addition to JB and Donnie, we have with us again... Our celebrity guest co-host, yes. Mr. Scott Lowell, ladies and gentlemen. Come yes. on. I am back like uh, like mildew in your shower. I have returned. <laughs> Just can't get rid of you. To, to haunt you. You try like scrubbing. Herpes. Yes, like herpes. Now this time you're wearing- I thought you said like cookies for a second, but then I reheard it and yes, like herpes. Thank this you. time you're wearing a stunning red evening gown. Thank you. Which uh, really brings out your eyes. Yes, it does. The, the red in them. <laughs> Scott, are you are you enjoying your freezing cold winter here in New York City? It's, I know you you came from, from I came sunny from Los LA. Angeles. You know what? It's it's been okay, and especially you know, given the fact that I've been locked in this studio for the entire week, I really haven't experienced <laughs> much of it. It's been brutal, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're going to try to warm you up today with our fabulous show. Okay. Uh, we are not live, by the way, so don't call in. But you can tweet about us. Mm. Use hashtag ask. You can email me at adam at adamsank dot com. Uh, like our Facebook page. Uh, and old episodes of the show are now available on iTunes for free. Scott, we Whoa. didn't uh, do this last week, but Whoa. tell all the fans how they can follow you on social media. Oh, well, you can follow me on social media on Twitter at uh, at Scolo, uh, S-C-O-L-O, like J-Lo, but it's Scolo. And uh, Instagram, Scolo222. And uh, on the Facebook, there's a, a fan page. There's my personal page, which uh, unfortunately, because <laughs> I'm... So popular, it's just filled already. But there's a fan page You're that any, anybody can, you know, any anybody can get on that, and and uh, and I do run that occasionally. I'm, I'm I've gotten bad at it. I need to get better. That's my. It's I'm gonna, a lot of work. New Year's special. I know you do. You're really good at it. It's constant. And it's what does it get me? Nothing. I've got you know. So it gets several you. dozen fans. Exactly, but they are so <laughs> loyal to you. Well, Charles from Cornhole certainly. Charles is. from Cornhole he calls us every week and then tweets about it and emails about it. And he says, "Does he have more followers than you at this probably, point in time?" I'm going to guess. Yes, so. there's a lot of Cornholios yes. out there that follow him. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, and later on, uh, our in-studio guest is going to be a good friend of mine, Frank Liotti, mm. very funny comedian and actor. We could use that. And uh, yes, I think the three of us are going to have a nice um, chat together. You Love may, uh, listeners may recognize Frank from Bear City 2 and a number of, uh, of TV projects that he's done. But first, Scott, we're going to talk about this. Yes. And I really want to get your take on this. Okay. A new study finds that gay couples are vastly happier than hmm. straight ones. Huh. What 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 is the uh, the data 
on that? Like, where 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 well, is this coming from? Researchers questioned over twenty five thousand people in the UK and more than nine thousand in Australia. So this may not apply to trashy Americans like yeah. us, but the data they collected led them to conclude that gay and lesbian couples were quite content and just really feeling themselves. On the other hand, bisexual people were on average less happy in their relationship than heterosexual or homosexual couples. This always happens to the bisexuals. I know. We did a story a few weeks ago about how gay men now earn more money than straight men. Huh. Lesbians earn more money than straight women, but bisexuals earn Still less down than everyone. Gutter. I don't get it. I, you know, this all makes a lot of sense to me. I, 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 would, I would back up this study just from my own personal experiences. I think... Gay couples, like, I think when there's drama in a gay couple, they just get it out real quickly. There's no kind of pussyfooting about it. Straight, straight, thank you. Straight couples are, there's a little more passive aggression going on. We tend to, like, hold it in a bit more. And then when it explodes, it comes out in a really bad way. And, yeah. I, you think I we're more that. expressive. I think you're more expressive. I think there's, there's. Yeah, maybe there's something with like on like where you don't have to, you know how the other person thinks in a way that a straight couple we don't, and and the poor bisexuals maybe it's because there's just they're trying to like figure out how two different types of people think all the time and they just can't do it. Well, presumably they're only having a relationship with one gender at a time in most cases. In most cases, but but I, but I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying like you have to have more of a split. So you're saying two dudes or two women. Have a better understanding of each other, yes. in general, than a man I, and a woman. That's would. highly generalized, but I I think that's something there. That which is why there's just even a different attitude about sex. Like guys with women are always like, I don't know, what is she thinking? Does she want to? I don't know. And guys are just like, he's a guy, he wants to do it. Let's go. Although I know a lot of long-term gay couples that will tell you that that their that's partner not the is not always into it, and the sex diminishes as it does in straight relationships. Sure, but I do think with gay men, um, in my experience, yes. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about this, but gay men tend <laughs> to one be, or two times. Yes, they tend yeah. to be more open sexually mm -hmm. in a marriage or a long-term relationship. So if you're if you find out that your husband, if you're a gay guy, and you find out your husband had sex with another dude, it's like, well, was he hot? That, like, yeah, tell me exactly. about it. When a woman finds out, you know, a lot of times the shit can hit the fan. Having having been hit on by uh, gay men who are married. Um, Yes, it seems to be <laughs> hasn't stopped them it, one bit. No, nor has your heterosexuality stopped them. There's N no, no that doesn't seem to <laughs> matter. But okay. did you when you were on Queers Folk and and yes. even now I guess do you, did you get a, like stalked by by crazed gay fans like JB like JB <laughs> JB hasn't stalked me as much. Uh, I have on the low key <laughs> there's a shrine in my room dedicated to you. You're just really good at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say I've been stalked, but it continues to this day. I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of like, were you sent by... a lot of photos you really didn't want to see? I mean, honestly, that has come more from women. Oh, of interesting. Enough. Yeah. But, um, no, the guy, I, yeah, maybe I should be more insulted that more guys didn't hit on me. Well, also, or send you, me your pictures. character wasn't really highly sexualized on the show the way that Gail No, he was, just, or, he was just raped. Or yeah, well then, there's nothing sexy about that. But Gail Harold, I feel like, and um, and, and Randy, and Randy yeah. probably got all the like, I want to fuck you. Here's my dick. Yeah. That, you know. Well, yeah, I would get. I mean, I mean, much like on the show, I would get the guy. You know, I, I would get the guys who are like they want to take care of me because there's obviously something really wrong with me. <laughs> and and I Ted can, was and so I damaged. And you and you don't know how good looking you are. I will show you right by penetrating you. 
It's always worked for me. Yeah. Well, there's a second study out uh, in the past couple of weeks that is maybe dovetails with the first one. All right. Because science confirms that gay people are better at sex than straight people. Uh, oh. And here they oh, are. There they go. Wait. A recent study finds Wait, that I gay couple. I want to hear more. Do you want to hear more of the gay couple? Fucking. I wanted to hear what was going on. You know that slamming sound. Who's clapping? That is a ball sack. That's a ball sack clapping, clapping against, against a uh, an, an asshole. Wow. First of all, I got this from a direct porno. Don't you come oh, for my sound clips? This is from a porno. No normally, I attack the sound. A recent study Sorry. finds that gay couples are vastly happier, as we know. Now, another study finds out they're better at sex. This comes out of Indiana University here at home. Researchers spoke to more than two thousand LGBT people. Or excuse me, LGB people. So the buys were in on this. Yeah, yeah. And fifty thousand straight people across the U.S. They found that gay men orgasm eighty nine percent of the time during sex. That's not that big a surprise, Duh. right? Because I would think it would be even higher. But yeah. here's the surprise: all right. lesbians not far behind. Eighty six percent. This all makes sense. This is not this. They needed a study for this. Now with the heterosexuals, yes. Uh, straight women I mean, only had a climax a paltry 65% of the time, and of, I think they were lying. Of course, yeah, they were lying. I mean, well, okay, look, again, you need, like, you know, guys need an instruction manual for women. A woman already has, they have the secret books already. Guys are easy. Uh, guy on guy, that's simple. I right? know how to make a guy come. Right? No, JB disagrees. I since I've been out of my relationship, I have not had an orgasm in quite some time. Since you've I've, been out of uh, Yeah, for like 3 months now, I've just not had an orgasm for quite some well, time. Can't you just have, jerk you, off? have you tried? You know, you can't just stand there. It's not there. the same. It's oh. it's not. And then I had yeah. the sexual encounters with these guys and it's just like they get like two nuts and I'm just nine on one. I'm just like, wow. Uh, that's frustrating. That really? Well, you know what? You're also like I think you your breakup was painful and so maybe you're just not emotionally ready to to connect with someone your in penis way. is in mourning yeah, exactly <laughs> is it do, do you, jb can't believe it, that scott lowell is talking about his penis does it have like a black armband on it uh, it's got I, a I veil like is it sitting so. shiva it's got a veil over it yes a veil a veil will be real cute she has a veil over her. she has a veil <laughs> is she real cute she has a veil over <laughs> meanwhile bisexual men uh, in the study orgasmed 88 percent of the time but bisexual women not as fortunate they're yeah. pretty much on par with the straight women, orgasming at 66%. Well, because guys come into the picture. That's right. If it's guys just another woman, they, again, like they know the secret handshake. They know what yeah. to do. I don't think there's any question that if you are with someone of the same gender, you are better at getting Absolutely. them off than if you're with someone Absolutely. on the opposite. I know. It's why I'm a lesbian. <laughs> and, and lesbians especially, because I yes. do think, as you say, women's... Uh, bodies are mysterious yes uh they always were for me wonderfully so yes well but a woman knows what another woman needs i think so or at least they have an idea because they know what works for them because even woman to woman i'm sure there's a little bit like you may like that sure but my thing my thing is over here you know and <laughs> but once they learn that boom i swear it. i mean i i had sex with a number of women before I ever came out. I, I think Did I you? yeah I had intercourse with ten women. Wow! And I can tell you for a fact that I never found the clitoris. I didn't know where the clitoris really? was. I didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. I'm sure these women were wholly unsatisfied. I'm, we should you should me. do a show and bring them all in. <laughs> Let them have their Me Too moment with you. Adam took me to the prom, and then he stuck his finger 
in my urethra. And it was, do women even have urethras? Like wrong hole. I, I would hope so. No, I think only men have urethras. Really? Women have uh, vulva. I don't, I don't want to get into it because right. I'm sure I'm pissing off my three female listeners. <laughs> Um, moving on to another story, yes. and uh, I have a number of studies today, Scott. You do. So we're going to very scientific. Bang these out. I, I do like science when it involves gay sex, <laughs> um, and this one is about prep. Do you know what prep is? No. What is that? That's the work you do before you have sex. No, it's <laughs> well, in a in a fashion, it it stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, and it is a one-a-day pill oh. that you can take that um, prevents you from becoming infected with HIV. Oh. I I heard that. That's wonderful. So this is is this new? It's been out for years, but oh. it's recently. Uh, it, it it took a while for the FDA to approve it for this usage. Okay. It, it, Prep uh, is, uses the same medications that treat people who already have HIV. It's an antiretroviral, oh. and what they discovered is that when HIV negative people took it, they were actually preventing infection even when they had sex with people who were infected without condoms. Oh wow! So uh, it finally became. Um, uh, what do they call it on label to prescribe prep uh, for this usage, and it's incredibly effective. That's it's it, it, when it's used properly, it's like ninety nine percent effective. Wow. I mean, e- even if you're with someone who's got a high viral load, uh-huh. um, you don't get infected. The problem is not enough people are taking it. This study finds huh. in New York, roughly thirty percent of gay and bisexual men are using Truvada, which is the drug known as prep. Uh, which is up dramatically, but uh, young black and Hispanic men who account for a majority of new HIV cases are not using it because they, they're they unaware. Far because behind. they're unaware of it, or there there could be that. I, I would suspect it has more to do with access uh-huh. and having good health insurance and uh-huh. and living in a place where you know you have a doctor that says, "Hey, right. this is an option for you." Right. Right. Um, it's also not being used enough in Africa where it could benefit an enormous population sure. of, of both straight and gay people. Is there is it cost prohibitive? Is it? Yes. It's yeah. incredibly expensive. And in uh-huh. fact, I have a friend who, and this is so typical of our shitty health insurance system. Yeah. He has health insurance, mm. but his health insurance Won't doesn't cover it. Cover it. Of course. And because he has health insurance, he's not eligible for the free assistance program that the drug maker offers. So he basically can't take PrEP. And he's someone who really should because I say this all the time on the show. If you're sexually active and you're not in a monogamous relationship with someone of the same HIV status as you, you got to be on PrEP. Especially if you're a hoe Hmm. like me. Maybe they should advertise it. That maybe maybe they need a slogan like that. They do, but not enough. Okay. Um, as I said a moment ago, Gilead, the drug maker, offers payment assistance uh, plan to people without insurance that covers the full cost. Uh, and some cities and a few states, including Illinois, Massachusetts, and Washington, help cover costs. But activists say that uh, the, both the government and the drug manufacturers need uh-huh. to do a lot more to yeah. really because this is something. If you think about it, no matter how expensive the drug is, right. Think how much more expensive it is to become HIV positive. Absolutely, to treat someone. Well, but that's that's the awful attitude in this country. They don't understand preventative, how that can be such a cost-saving. Like, they don't want to spend on preventative. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. In another study, oh, and I'm looking forward to asking our, our friend, uh, frankly, Adi, about this when he gets here. A new study confirms what we all already knew, which is that Grinder makes everyone miserable. Huh. Yeah. A survey of 200,000 iPhone users asked them uh, about the different 
kinds of apps they had on their phone sure. and which ones made them happy and unhappy. And Grindr, uh, 77% of Grindr users reported feeling regret after logging on to the app. Uh, the next most unhappy app was Candy Crush Saga, okay. which for some well, reason makes people very is, unhappy. Yeah. It does. It's it's hell on earth. Uh, you just want to keep playing it, but you hate playing it. It's terrible. Are you talking about Grindr? <laughs> that too, but... <laughs> After Candy Crush came Facebook. Yeah, I get that. Makes people very unhappy because everyone's fucking screaming at each other and, yeah. you know, just posting drama. So what are they sad about about Grindr, of who they're being matched up with or what the options are? How much are? do you know about Grindr? Uh, I saw Grindr once up in New London, Connecticut. A gentleman showed it to me and when it was fairly new up there. And he yeah. was showing me who was available to, available to him on Grindr in, in New London, Connecticut. And he was very unhappy. Have you used any of the straight versions like Tinder? Or I you just, Tinder? you know what? I just uh, a few weeks ago, I thought, you know, I'm going to try the Bumble. Cause ah, I, I thought, that's like, the one that's uh, like it's, more it's selective. For the lady, and it's for the ladies, like the ladies do the selecting there and I tried that and they matched me up with uh, widows like they were all widows <laughs> and then I came across because you're so sweet and sensitive uh, yeah but as we established on the last show you only want to watch porn if you think the people are in love I, with each other they need to be in love with each and other and I think widows are probably in that maybe, same category maybe maybe yeah, I had like six or seven widows that I swiped through, and then there was somebody who I knew who I'm terrified of, and I like quit the app really quickly, and then I deleted it <laughs> for fear that she maybe saw me or didn't see me. Well, yet. also, being a well-known person as yourself, I mean, there's always the fear of someone being like, oh, my God, that's that, Scott Lowell. I want to date him because he is on TV. That, too. That, that too. Yeah, I, I when I've gone on in the past and I, I used other ones, I've— will do the thing where I won't put up anything about myself and I'll just do the searching and then I'll, when I write them, I'll say like, hey, here's the deal and and that only creeps them out more. So I can see where it makes people miserable. It's making me miserable just even talking well, about so, it. <laughs> so with gay men, yeah. uh, Grindr and Scruff and these other apps are, I liken them to slot machines because you're just sitting there all night with the phone in your hand and you're clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking and people literally spend hours or days right. on these apps and you're just looking for that jackpot. You're looking for that one guy who is A, the man of your dreams, physically meets all your criteria, B, is close enough to you that you or he is is willing and able to travel. Right. Uh likes to do the same things in bed. Right. Either you both are doing the same drugs or you're both drug-free. There's a million things that have to fit perfectly to get that hookup. Yeah. And your likelihood of actually getting it and it being satisfying is it really like low. that of winning a jackpot on a slot machine. So people wow. just are, they get They're exhausted miserable. and burnt out. Sure. And also, everyone's fucking mean and nasty on those sites. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck you, you're too fat, you're too old, you're, you're, right. you're paused, I only fuck negative guys. You're... So like Facebook, it's another, like, it diminishes your self-esteem. Totally. By, yeah. I gave up those apps uh, over a year ago. And you're happier for it. I, and I was off them for a while before that, too. I'm, I'm so much happier. They make, they make people miserable. Yeah. They also, you know, everyone thinks they're going to meet their boyfriend on Grindr. And I suppose there are a few stories where that's happened, but for the most I part, I actually did. Oh, did you really? But look how it ended, yeah. JB. On Grindr, I know he vanished just like the app. Wow! And now your penis is in mourning. And his penis is in mourning. My penis wearing, is in mourning. Wearing a veil, so a cute veil. All right. So I would say to Ed, the listeners, <laughs> give up Grinder for a little while. See yeah. how you feel. And I need to follow that advice when it comes to Facebook because 
I spend entirely too much time on that. Side. Yeah, that's kind of why I switched more to the instant gram. The, the instant gram. The instant yes. grams. I like that because it's like it's generally pictures of nice things and you don't have to read things. and It's visual. It's more visually oriented. I prefer the dance version. It's called Insta Martha Graham. <laughs> Let's see what he did. That's, that's why I make the big bucks. Yep. Uh, Scott, another study finds oh, that, that sniffing, sniffing men's armpits can be an excellent stress buster. What? <laughs> what is that? That's our sniffing sound effect. Oh. Is that all JB? No, this this one's not me. No, be I thought style. this was you crying. No, over your penis. JB yeah. doesn't actually create the sound bites. He just wrangles them. Okay. This was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, and it actually has to do with women uh, sniffing their men. Researchers uh-huh. recruited a hundred male female couples. The men were given a clean T-shirt to wear for twenty four hours and uh-huh. instructed not to use any deodorant or other scented body products. Oh boy. Once the 24 hours were up, the female participants were randomly assigned a T-shirt to bury their nose in. Hmm. The shirts had either been worn by their partner or someone other than their partner hmm. or was clean. Hmm. They were not informed which shirt had been uh, they had been given prior to the sniff test. Before and after smelling the T-shirts, the women underwent, underwent stress tests. It's a lot of money being put wow. into finding who's, this out. Who, who's supporting? Who's paying for this, this test? This is uh, University Haynes? of British Columbia. <laughs> The University of British Columbia, in okay. partnership with Fruit of the Loom, uh, <laughs> researchers noticed that women who sniffed their own partner's T-shirt felt less stressed, and a lot of them were able to correctly identify their partner's scent. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. Francis Chen, one of the study's authors, adds, Our research suggests that something as simple as taking an article of clothing that was worn by your loved one when you travel hmm. could help lower stress levels. When you're far from home. It works for my dogs and cats. Exactly. We are just dogs and cats. We're just animals. I had a, a former lover once told me that, because she would do it that with my shirt, and she said, I smelled like summer. Oh, Scott Lowe smells Thank like you. summer. Thank you. The things we find out on the Adam Sank <laughs> That's Show. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Like a, you like that? Like a yeah. summer breeze or like, you know, a, she a didn't summer sewer in New York City. Summer? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was like the urine stench coming out of the, <laughs> the back alleys of... No, I, smell. I yeah. totally identify with this study because I'm a I'm a sniffer. Like, I, first really? of all, I have a nose like a dog, so I can smell someone from across the room. Really? If someone's got bad breath; that's they only bad. have to come within a few feet of me. That's rough. And uh, there's certain that's a burden. It is a burden, but it's also it's it has saved lives. I mean, I can smell a gas leak long before anyone else can. Literally. Wow. And I can only breathe through one side of my nose. Can you imagine if I had both? Do they send you into coal mines? To see I have like been sent into explode? coal mines to service the coal miners, oh, not to, okay. to sniff wow. out the... Uh, oh I think it, canaries, uh, yeah. are they sniffing or what no, are they doing down they there? No, they just die. <laughs> they're just there to make sure nobody... Because <laughs> they don't have oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I love um, I love the way certain men smell and I hate the way other men smell. Sure. So that's one of my criteria when I meet a new guy is do I like the way he smells? So that would be on your list of turn-offs. Yes. And turn on. Yeah. Well, and I'm also very, um, I'm very OCD about hygiene. Like you sure. gotta, everything's gotta be super clean. And sure. I don't mind if your pits smell a little bit, mm-hmm. but nothing else on your body should smell. Well, I hope, well. Especially not your feet. No. That's a problem. Corn chips. All right. So those are our studies for this week's As Thank um, you, Dr. Sang. <laughs> we talk a lot on this show about bisexuality, particularly about how bisexuals are sad compared <laughs> to the rest of us, according to, according to every study. Yeah. But here's a happy bisexual oh, story. Good. Thank goodness. Have you ever heard of Terrence Stone? I have not. Nor had I. 
but he is a gospel and R&B singer who uh, is, is a, uh, has made the Billboard charts. And in a new interview with Philadelphia Magazine, the 27-year-old says it's time to open up and tell everyone that he is a bisexual male. Wonderful. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Yes. He's appeared on American Idol, BET, Showtime at the Apollo. Like He's, a, he's kind of a big Good. deal. Good. Um, uh, for many years, he was an accomplished gospel singer performing under the stage name Aaron Thomas, but he says he struggled with the church's teachings, mm-hmm. especially around uh, same-sex love. Mm-hmm. He said, as a gospel artist, it was always challenging to be me. I lived my life according to others' opinions of what I should do and who I should be. Mm-hmm. So that led him to R&B, which is a little more forgiving yes, about the absolutely. whole gay shit. Yeah. Um, he says the key to freedom is to constantly create yourself. When you stop trying to find yourself and you begin to create yourself, you become limitless. That means nothing. I think that's beautiful. It's a meaningless You don't quote. like that? Uh, I like that he came out, and I think it's... <laughs> I, I love when guys come out as bi. And just a reminder, Scott, here yes. are all the celebrities who came out as bisexual oh. in 2017. Oh, there good. were a lot I, of I them. I missed some of them. Let go. Top of our list, of yeah. course, is singer Aaron Carter, who Wonderful. we talk about constantly on the show. Yes, uh, Natalie Morales is an actress from Parks and Recreation. Sure. Pro wrestler Anthony Bowen, so we have had in this studio Whoa. on the show, Whoa. Uh, a, an actor named Ke- Keenan or Kynan Lonsdale, who plays Kid Flash on CW's The Flash. Wow. Wait, shut the fuck up, Heb, too? Wow. Yes. Oh, my God, he's oh. so fine. You like him, JB? Yes, oh. I love The Flash. JB's I'm penis is coming out of morning. Oh, there oh it is. Bye. JB, yeah, is you, him, are you gonna are you gonna yeah. be able to experience orgasm now? Uh, hopefully, maybe. Let's see what happens. In a flash, he will. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Rapper Tyler the Creator came out as bi. Is that right? Yes. Oh. Uh, Shannon Purser, an actress from Stranger Things and Riverdale. Riverdale's got a lot of bisexuals on it. Wow. Uh, Daniel Newman, very hot young actor from The Walking Dead, uh-huh. has come out as bi. Lauren. Jerigui, Jerigai, singer. She's a singer from Fifth Harmony. Okay, I think she might be the one who left. I don't know. I don't really follow Fifth Harmony. <laughs> no, right. that's that. That's Camilla. That's the Spanish one. I love the millennials. They yeah. know this shit. Good, good. He's on <sighs> it. Fucking know it. Yeah. Aaliyah Shawkat, who was on Arrested Development. Okay, and finally, yes. rest in peace, oh. Lil Peep. Lil Peep. Lil Peep was the white rapper who came out earlier this year and then overdosed on drugs and died. Oh no! Very very sad. I, he was like 21. Too. Can we end? Can we go back to uh, Terrence Stone to lift it, us back up out of so the bisexuals <laughs> can have some good news again? Yes. Well, all those other bisexuals are still alive. That's and well. wonderful. Let's focus on that. And JB will be masturbating to at least one of them tonight. Yes. Congratulations, yes. JB. Oh my God! Thank you, Adam. Welcome, and welcome back, JB's penis. Welcome back. And speaking of coming out, this is our. Uh, uh, our ha- another happy coming out story. Another pro wrestler has come out. Mike Barrow, not as bisexual, but just as plain old gay. Wow. Uh, and here's the weird thing. He says that he elected to have conversion therapy. He really didn't want to be gay. Sure. So he voluntarily, he sought out conversion therapy. Yeah. And then was convinced by conversion therapy. Right. That he was gay. Take a listen to what he said. So I, I searched out somewhere where I felt comfortable. And I'm going to say something. It was the first time in my life that I didn't feel alone. It was the first time I heard people have the same feelings I did. Now, being there, I realized I'm gay. This is not going to change. Because one of their premises is it's a choice. It's not a choice. 
you're born this way. So right there, that's a flawed philosophy. And so when I, you say you can't say whether it works or not, I mean you've just said that it, ca it can't possibly because you're saying it's a genetic thing. But for me, like, mm. but I, I'm not a doctor okay. and I can't mm. prove that. Yeah. So, but I could tell you why I know. Mm. That was him on Good Morning Britain. It's a little confusing, but basically he's saying. Uh, Conversion therapy was helpful in the sense that there were other gay guys there right. who were saw struggling. A community. But he was like, you know what? I like dick. Yeah. And nothing's going to change that. Well, and he came clearer with himself that this is not a choice I'm making. This is just in me because he was making a choice to try to and yeah. it's not working. So he he said. So he er, is a doctor. He's, he's a doctor more than anybody. Yes. He said earlier in the interview that uh, he when he first came out on his own, he kind of hated the gay community. Oh. And that was why he was like, this isn't for me. I'm going to go into conversion therapy. But sure. now he's happy. Good. Being gay. Our final story before we bring in our guest. Uh, JB, this is something that you might be able to masturbate to as well. Wonderful. Um, some Major League Baseball players were secretly filmed in the shower. Whoa. By an agent for MLB. Jason Wood is an agent for CSE What's Talent. his last name? <laughs> Wood. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, He's been suspended from his position pending an investigation into claims that he secretly filmed multiple clients while they showered at his home. I don't know why you would shower at your agent's home. Yeah. Uh, the alleged victims include major stars like Seattle Mariners' David Phelps and the Atlanta Braves' Joey Wentz. The allegations came after a player claims he discovered a spy cam in Wood's bathroom. He confronted Wood about it and then fired him as his agent. Uh, CSC says for over 32 years, we've prided ourselves on meeting moral, moral and ethical standards, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. Uh, Wood denies the allegations, calling them absurd and untrue. Sort of hard to imagine denying Why? a camera that someone's yeah. already seen. Does um, he have a reason like, oh, I put it up there because... I want to make sure they weren't stealing my water. Yes. <laughs> like, that's my really good Dove men's soap that I use in there. You can I don't shower want in my home, but yeah. you better not fucking steal that, that soap. Or don't pee in the shower. Like, I want to see, <laughs> are they peeing in there? Well, let me just come out as saying I'm against anyone being secretly filmed, uh, but I would like to see the evidence just to make sure that wow. the crime you really was are actually for justice, aren't you? committed. Yeah. Yes. And now, without further ado... Scott, I've yes. been looking forward to this all week. Our guest today is an openly gay comedian and actor who's appeared in the TV shows Gotham, Law & Order SVU, Blue Bloods, New York Undercover, and the movie Bear City 2. Here is just a taste of the comedy stylings of Frank Liotti. Hit it, JB. Somebody getting mad at you because you don't understand them. Like they have an accent or a speech impediment, but it's your problem, and they're mad at you. It's like a bank day. It's like a Friday. I'm rushing to get to the bank so my rent check doesn't bounce. This little man goes, excuse me. I'm like, yeah, I swear to God. He goes, am I going to have I said, what? Am I going to have I got nervous because he was hostile. And I tried to like give back and to translate. I said, Himalayas in the core of the apple. <laughs> and then he got mad at me. Am I going to Himalayas in the core of the apple, Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> so finally, I just said, make her right on 45th Street. <laughs> I thank her. I'm going to give her. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, motherfucker. Get away from me. <laughs> 
And joining us in studio is Frank Liotti. Hi. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. The studio audience is going crazy. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the ass. Is Frank's mic on? I can barely hear him. Thank you for having me. There that's we go. all right. Frank, I was just watching you listening to yourself, and you were wincing in pain. That's, I think, the first joke I ever wrote. And I'm, I'm going through a phase of just not wanting to do it anymore. Welcome to the club. I just really, I really am. I look at people, I, I've stopped the Facebook thing. You're and not on it at all? I, I mean, I'm on it, but I don't go on it much anymore. Um, it got to a point within stand-up where I kept, it, it, it started to, hmm, how do I say this? Whether or not it was a, a nighttime spot or a passing at a club, when I would see other comedians and then think, wait a minute, like it started to affect me. I, I was like, wait, are they, are they better than I am? Are they good? Because I was seeing one after the other after the other have something. I, I was seeing people that weren't good get ahead. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I was seeing people, whether or not it was, I just, whether it was a stereotype of who they were or it, it just. Put your face right into that microphone. It I don't just want to really. Miss any of this. I had to crawl through so much shit to get to Yale Drama School. Yeah. And SUNY Purchase before that. I mean, my dad said we're not college people when I wanted to go to school. He was a custodian and my mom worked in a factory. Yeah. And then there were a bunch of losses in my family in a row. And I started doing stand-up so I wouldn't have to wait for the one call a year for greaseball number two on Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. And um But but I have a question about that. Did you when you wait when you made that decision did you actually like stand-up comedy? Yes. Were you a fan of it? Well, in other words, I was so frazzled from losing four people in a row in my family. It was like, it was like uh, the way I've heard other people talk about church. I just kept getting on stage, right? And it was my salvation. And I did feel at home for the first time. Like in other words, with actors, there was so much of. I remember doing a reading of a play, and the theme was dream, dreaming about our workplace. And I remember this one actress said to me, you must dream about the restaurant you work in all the time. I hated the subtext of actors all the time. Mm. There yeah. were so many cunts. Mm. <laughs> and you, don't, th there you don't think there yeah. are more cunts in stand-up no, than acting? I, don't. I think stand-up comics are the most damaged people they are, I've ever but known. But it's the underbelly of show business. So you'll see somebody walk on stage with a filthy Old Navy jacket from 1987 with a with a tissue they used last month hanging out of their pocket like that like they're from a group home for adults and they just shuffle on stage they're damaged they are but they're not they're not the guy at the coffee shop who says we don't grind coffee here it compromises the integrity of the bean like actors are like that right and i just got so pretentious. sick of it the pretentiousness of it scott did you have the experience in your, throughout your career of seeing people that you knew just soar and be like, well, how the fuck did that person get that? Um, yes, I mean, I would I would see people soar before me, but it was more. I I never was like, how the fuck did that happen? It was more. I knew how that happened, but I'm Blow not. Gonna, I'm not going to go that route. Yeah, <laughs> is that true? In, in an odd way. Well, that or connections or right. It was all about who you knew. Yeah, there were that level of things, or by doing it in a way that I wasn't comfortable doing in terms of shitting on other people or, you, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I think... With actors, I, I, I've seen the the connections thing and the money thing. Yeah. With stand-up, it's more about what's in vogue today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Being politically correct, mm -hmm. being a person of color, 
being a stereotypical homosexual, Mm -hmm. being a type that they need to fill a slot, whether or not the person is ready Mm -hmm. to kind of... I agree. People are pushed ahead that aren't ready. And then it's made worse by YouTube because you have these Mm -hmm. quote-unquote YouTube comedians who have never gotten on a stage, Mm -hmm. but they're getting $10,000 bookings because they have a million YouTube followers from talking about what they ate that day. Right, right. And they're getting booked to do comedy. And that drives me crazy because I'm like, I know that their show is going to be bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much raw talent they may have. Stand-up is something you cannot do well unless you've done it a thousand times. It's a formula. And I wonder, too, like the the level of bravery it takes, too, to do it. You all, I mean, I've tried it. I did audience warm up for the Jenny Jones show when I was still in Chicago. I didn't know that. Yes. For how long? Uh, for a season and a quarter. See, I think that's was that when the guy was murdered. Up. Really? I do. I think that's it was harder. during the trial for the guy <gasps> who was murdered. Oh my God, Jenny Jones. Remember the yeah. Jenny Jones murder? I heard she was borderline dirty. Is that true? Probably. I mean, she was very nice to me, but she mm-hmm. like had a reputation for being one of the meanest people in Chicago. Really? Yeah. But she I, was a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the closest I got, and I was terrified every time. Like it was. I, I couldn't do it. I, right. I really don't think I could do it. And you all, I mean, is there a level, even though I know there's got to be competition and there's the kind of the one-upping, like when you get around comics sometimes where, like, who's the funniest? Mm-hmm. But is there an inherent level of support there because you know you are all these, you know, as you say, like it's the Island of Misfit toys and you're all out there just bearing your souls in one way or another or no? You mean from one another? Yeah. Like, what do, you, what, do, you, do you want to answer it I, first? Or? I have, if I'm being totally honest, yeah, I right. have felt no support no from support. other c- comics for most of my career. Now, really? there are exceptions. John Fugelsang, who I've gotten to know over the past few years, has been enormously generous mm-hmm. uh, toward me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's people like Frank, who I consider my friend, mm-hmm. but Frank hasn't <laughs> really Frank been in a position you. to help <laughs> me, as he always reminds me. I have, I have felt huge support. From other comedians, especially gay comics, Good. huge support, especially Adam. Uh-huh. Um, really, especially Adam. That said, I also came from a world of actors, right. and I remember even when I had my tiny little agent, who had like an office behind, like make a left by the dumpster. Yeah. If you hit McDonald's, you've <laughs> gone too far. I would still try and help people. Nobody mm-hmm. helped each other as actors. Mm-hmm. Nobody. This 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 kid I went to Yale with, whose family name is on the wall at Lincoln Center who's a director, hey, call one of us in. Mm. We've all gone to the greatest school in the country. Mm-hmm. Call one of us in for an audition. You know, They don't think like that. And I find that stand-ups have always really tried as much as they could to help me. You've given me road work. Yeah. I mean, people have taken me on the road with them or recommended me to clubs. My mm-hmm. thing is, if you're in a position to help someone and it and it's not going to cost you anything, mm-hmm. then you absolutely should. A, because it's ethical, and B, because... One hopes it will come back to you. Absolutely. It just hasn't really come back to me. Uh, my my mistake was for years the person that I gave the most to and helped the most in this business turned out to be a, a sociopath and a pathological liar who was actively working to sabotage me, and it took me five years to, to realize it. Really? So once that happened, I was so burnt that I was like, I, I don't know that I can put myself out like this for anyone else. Huh. At the same time, you know, there's comics that I just love. Like Frank's a comic I love. I love watching Frank. I mm-hmm. love what he does. I feel like his jokes are not even for the audience necessarily. Uh-huh. They're just stuff that he finds funny and that I find funny. And it's kind of like 
you know, if you're uh, if you're cool, you 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 get frankly out right, for right. the audience. I'll tell them. If I don't it's think not you give a them. shit whether the audience laughs. Like or not. the one about the praying man just putting on lipstick. I always say this one's not for you, but it's interesting. <laughs> but other than that, well, you mentioned political correctness. Uh, Frank and I performed the I other am night. I'm an anti political correctness person. Yes, mm-hmm. we did a show together at Westside Comedy Club the other night. <gasps> yeah, and. Uh, you did it. My favorite joke that you did. I'd never heard you I'm say scared. this before. You were talking about, like, I identify as this. I identify as that. Pansexual, demisexual, sapiosexual. And you said, I don't care if you identify as a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> You're why they hate us. Shut the fuck You're up. You're why they hate us. And and there's a part of me that I'm like, oh, that's like terrible, also. Frank. You shouldn't say that. And there's part of me that I'm like, that's so fucking true. Mm-hmm. Do you, have Back we gone overboard d- with identity politics as a as a... As an LGBTQ community, have See, we gone off the deep end? I'm not on stage. I want to be so careful. No, don't be. be no, 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 I don't mean careful with what I say. I mean careful to like be respectful of a people who've had a hard fucking road. Yes. Um, that said, it's sort of like with the hashtag Me Too, when all of a sudden all these gay men were jumping on board, I was like, guys, give these women a minute right. mm-hmm. to have their... It, I feel like there are a lot of kids who like to experiment with glitter nail polish and pulled up collars with like stonewashed jeans tucked into white boots who are also saying, well, I identify as Zed. Whatever the fuck it is. Z. I identify as pizza. It's It's just like, you know, not everybody has to join the parade. Like... You know, it's kind of like we just went to the gym so you wouldn't get beaten up in a Coles parking lot. It was different back then. You just survived as a gay man. Right. Now it's like, you know, and it's and, and uh, like you can't say that you're attracted to masculinity because you'll be attacked. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, here's my thing. I, I think anyone can and should identify however however, the however they want. want. Mm-hmm. Don't get pissed but, if I don't want to sleep with you if you're wearing a feather boa. Well, there's that. But also, <laughs> as a as a political movement... It can't. It's not all about you. It's not about you getting recognition and attention for the very specific thing that you are, right? right. It should be about what you are contributing to this big community that we're all a part of. So mm-hmm. last week was the Women's March. Mm-hmm. I was there. Scott, you were there. Yes. Were you there, Frank? No, no. I was. I was tending bar. There were people marching who were all about abortion mm-hmm. rights, reproductive mm-hmm. rights. There were people who were there to, to represent LGBTQ mm-hmm. rights. Everyone had their own issue and their own agenda, right? But they all came together mm-hmm. for a common purpose, mm-hmm. which is let's get Donald Trump the fuck mm-hmm. out of our government. Let's right. elect Democrats to Congress and impeach this piece of shit. And that's what community politics are supposed to be. Not like, excuse me, I'm a vegan... Uh, bisexual feminist Jew and uh, there's a Palestine sign over here and I that offends me so I cannot continue with this march right. when when that happens we f- we fall apart we right. splinter as a community yeah right yeah absolutely dividing rather than unifying mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I just brought the conversation to a screeching no oh, no, no I just think it was brave of you to admit all that <laughs> that I'm all those things yeah. <laughs> the only the vegan part is true <laughs> Frank, you also mentioned stereotypical gays. You are nothing about you reads gay except for the so, fact I mean, that you look at my record. Look at ask me about Barbara Streisand in 1973. <laughs> there is there are things, but you look very straight. You sound very straight. You dress very straight. Has it hurt yes, you to be an openly gay actor slash comedian when when you don't fit any of the you don't check any of the boxes? I, I mean, every now and then I'll get an audition from 
there are some, there, you know, you've always heard other casting directors, this one sees you this way, this one sees you sure, that way. Yeah. And there's one office who will call me in if the person is gay, whether or not it's even in the realm of who I am. And it was for, there was a Dennis Leary show, Sex, is it Sex, Lies, and Rock and Roll, I think? and Sex and Drugs and Rock sex, and Roll. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And yeah. I heard, it was like, Bear Guy... Right away, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! You're bear. You know, it's like that. It's, it's a, I just, I want to. I'm interested in humans. I'm not yeah. interested in bear or platypus or whatever the fuck. And uh, and yet you were in Bear City too. Yeah, I mean, it was work. <laughs> it was work. And they said it's raining outside, so you're going to be wearing a towel. And I said, no, I'm going to be wearing a robe. Like it's <laughs> anyway. That was true. I'm the only one in that scene. With this robe that could seriously be pitched for a family of six, it's like an XXXL. You refuse to be seen in a towel. Everyone else is in a towel, and looks—it's really—it it looks like they're melting the bodies in that. Anyway, um, wait, what did you ask me uh, about? Being, You're talking about being the, typecast and not the, getting. The so Leary I went. Show, I went to yeah. the Dennis Leary show, and yeah. I hear through the door, "It's like, hey, big boy, how hungry?" I one after another after another. Mm. It sounds like the boys in the band, and I go in, and he stops me. <laughs> And he's like, could you, could you, it, like he was trying to say gay it up. And I said to him, Ron, I just changed his name. <laughs> I said, why does it have to be grotesque? Why does it have to be this stereotype, this over-the-top kind of idiocy? Why can't it just be a person? Right. And uh, I haven't been to that office again. Wow. That was about three years ago. Wow. So and that's not a lot. In stand-up, it is hurt. <laughs> Most certainly, because stand-up is the most backwards, homophobic... Can I tell you, I think, it's, I think it's hurt me, and I'm not nearly as straight-acting as you, but I think, you know, I see the Because gay, they want to label you? It's, they want yes, it to be easier to label the, you? Oh, my God, because, the gay comics the that work you. in stand-up, seriously. Who's that, um, yeah. the one from The Tonight Show, the, the intern who became famous? Oh, I don't Ross know. Matthews. <gasps> oh, okay. All right, no no shade to Ross Matthews, but Ross Matthews is what America expects gay gay men to be, right? right? He's like, mm-hmm. "Hello," and he's mm-hmm. funny and Wearing he's a hot silly pink and there's suit and... no sexuality whatsoever. Right. You, you can't imagine him having sex with anyone, so therefore he's palatable and harmless. And uh, you know, I I I'm as gay as could be in my mind, but Apparently, I'm not, and I'm not saying I, I should be as big as Ross Matthews, and this is why. I'm just saying. No, but saying that's a very that, valid point. Absolutely. That absolutely I'm not the gay right. they're looking for. Right. Because it, Ross Matthews isn't the only <clears throat> example. It's time and time and time again. Right. It's it's an, a Going back to Paul Lind. <laughs> it's yeah. a complete absence of sexuality, or it's, it's, it's really, it's, I remember a casting director years ago said, with regard to agents and casting, she was teaching us about the business. She said, don't confuse the monkey. Hmm. Don't confuse the monkey. So if you're an Italian type, you need to stay in shape and you need to walk in wearing a track suit. Mm-hmm. Right. Holding and a, a gold slice chain. of pizza. Yeah. Don't confuse the monkey. So if you're a gay guy and they see somebody who is not like a Ross Matthews or like a La Caja Fall or you know Vegas drag queen or whatever... It confuses them, and they don't know what to do. They literally don't know how to think. Of, and, everyone's and yet, afraid of being fired. Yeah. And yet, if you look at a show like Queer as Folk, I think what made it so successful, both to gay audiences and straight audiences, is that you guys didn't queen it up. No, we didn't. Well, and, and yet, you know, we, you know, because our our uh, our creators, our showrunners, you, you know, they always used to say what they didn't want is that prior to Queer as Folk. Generally, if you were gay on television or in entertainment, you were either a clown or a eunuch. Like, that's all that was allowed. You mm-hmm. could be really funny or you could be sad and somber, but, like, no one's having sex with you. And, and you don't want America 
thinking that you're having sex. And we had hoped queer as folk would eliminate that. What's a little sad to me is that I don't think that's the case. As much as I love Modern Family, they've gone back to being clowns and eunuchs again. Yes. And that's, and that's what's mass- Mitch, Mitchell and, um, and, what's Cam. His, and Cam are you know, not right. sexual you in cannot, any way. And you're never going to imagine Jack on Will and Grace fucking somebody. You know, no. so... Um, even so, Will is kind even of Will. a eunuch. Exactly. So it's it's a little sad. I mean, you know, with all the talks of rebooting and all this kind of stuff now... Queer Folk is not going to get rebooted because that's not, and whether that's not because that's what the gay community doesn't want out there, because whatever gains have been made in in uh, making people feel comfortable, like you're saying, with what a gay person is in this country, and obviously there's been uh, a lot of growth in that, uh, they still don't want to see this. They still don't want to recognize them as fully sexualized, three-dimensional people. Right. They want... What you like you said a grotesque or something? But queer as folk was sexual, very sexual, really sexual, right? But that's why it's interesting, like you know that the networks because it's been out there. Like there's been a, there's been fan support. We have said we would do a reboot, and no one is interested in producing it. This is because of the. What do you do? You think it's because it's 2018 and it's a completely different. I think yeah. I mean, it may be a combination of like they're like, well, they're all in their 40s or 50 now, and who wants to see them having sex? Looking but, bombed. Yes, but um, but I think some of it is that is that thing that like no 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 we've got America comfortable with gay people being funny or eunuchs again. We don't we don't want to show this like they don't or they don't want to see this. I don't know which which it is, but there seems to me it's just. I, you know, I used to say, you know, like that Ellen and Will and Grace, you know, they kind of inched the closet door open and then we kind of like kicked it off its hinges. Yeah. But I feel like it's been kind of put back up on its hinges again. And it's like to a place where it's safe for everybody and they can feel right. There's gay characters on every show. Right. But we don't really see them fucking. No, never. Well, I, except on soap operas. I have to say. That, is that, that true? Really? Yes. There are. I've just been alerted to this. There's a number of gay characters now on the few remaining daytime soaps and they have passionate sex and love affairs and there's cheating and all that stuff so you know it i again i think there is an audience for it i just think tv executives are yes they're afraid of it i agree i agree um frank Mm. you have talked on stage about ice tea's breath tell us about that (laughs) i've said that in passing so rarely (laughs) that is like one of your go-to jokes i'm gonna get killed i haven't said that in years where did you find that i I need to hear the whole story (sighs) tell us about when you worked with ice tea of course like the call time is like 307 (laughs) a.m this is not law and order svu Uh and everybody is there on time for whatever the drive thing whatever it is and I know everyone in the room except for this one dude. And then, like, we come back and rehearse it again, and then they block it and whatnot. And it turns out, like, everybody is there, and everybody is rehearsing and paying their dues in the morning except for iced tea. So by the time we get to 11 a.m., Miss <laughs> Ross decides to grace everyone <laughs> with his presence. And, I don't know, we hold, and then he comes over to me, and he gets in my face, and he's like, ah, you just came out, and police are investigating you and I didn't even see you react and I was like are you really is this guy gonna give me acting notes this is and his breath I always say his my eyes turned to cartoon X's his breath was so that morning breath and it was like close like he was in your face what did you say close I don't remember because you can't you know, there's a hierarchy on set yeah extra to co-star to guest star to stars like you I could never have said anything. D'Onofrio gave me 
notes, but they actually made sense uh-huh. because it was my first big gig. I had like four fat scenes and I was nervous. Yeah. And when D'Onofrio gave me notes, it, he gave me my moment in the sun. Like he had me take my Ice T's notes didn't make sense. He could have literally, he could have said, "Make a left on Seventh Avenue, turn right, and go into Starbucks and buy a pink lemonade and kill yourself." And when someone's got bad breath and they're in your face, I can't think yeah. of anything. No, I, my no. mind goes blank. No. It's the worst. All out the window. Um, Frank, I want to. We're going to play "Ask Me No Questions" with you in just a second, but I want to mention your podcast that you do with uh, Jessica Kirsten. Hilarious. Kirsten. N- I always say Kirsten. Yeah, is it really Kirsten? It is Kirsten. Jessica Kirsten and Frank <laughs> co-host a podcast uh, that they've never asked me to take part in, oh. so I've never listened. It's called Fat Pig. Tell us about the podcast, Frank. <laughs> um, we never. The guests that we've had have been someone from what do you call it? What's that? Ne- the Food Network. Mm-hmm. We had Alex Guarnaschelli. It's got to be. It's got to be fat. We had Edie oriented, Falco. So well, Edie Falco is not food oriented. No. And Alex Guarnaschelli. Seriously, I thought she wanted to set me on fire. She She's had very that funny. Super lesbian energy. She's a funny lady, though. Not with me. She I did wasn't. a comedy show with her, and she it was, was actually more fun getting an HIV test in the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a bell. It's, that's our shade bell. <laughs> so, but shade t- but so so it's you and Jessica, and you invite people on who it's aren't me. Fat pig. No, we don't usually have guests. We have one guest maybe every six months. It's the two of us. And I was originally going to do this podcast with Chris Stefano called Fat Pig. Because we would take a ride to New Jersey just to go to Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> then he got a sitcom and we couldn't, you know, he was too busy. <laughs> and Jessica and I go on the road together a lot. And all we're doing, like the two of us, I'm like, we have to record these conversations. It's it's insane. It's like 40-year-olds being in kindergarten and being in special ed kindergarten. Right. The two of you are both hilariously <laughs> it's neurotic. Ins- it's insane. How can people listen? On iTunes. F as in Frank, A T. Pig. In case you don't know how to spell fat. <laughs> All right, Frank, ready? It's time to play oh, Ask Me No Questions. Well, what, how do I play? Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. That's my homemade jingle. Do you like it? <laughs> Who are the singers? Me. Tell me. Uh, answer these questions. What's your favorite thing to do in bed? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind when somebody... I, I don't know. I guess... Someone sitting on my face. Really? Would be nice. You're an yeah. ass man. I'm definitely an JB ass JB just man. raised his hand. Been a long time. Uh, J- JB, do you want to be the ass or the uh, the person who's oh, face I'm okay with being the ass. Totally okay with that. 14 right. years of sexless bliss, though. I'm in a relationship. Yes. Okay. Uh, who, with someone I've never met or seen. Fang. Uh, who was the greatest comedian of all time? <gasps> oh, I don't know. That's a hard thing to answer. I can't answer that. There's no one greatest. You know, say Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Do I have to? Don Rickles. For me, it was Don Rickles. Gilda Radner was not a stand-up, though. No, she wasn't a stand-up, though. Uh, What's the one food you'll never put in your mouth? (laughs) Dog. (laughs) We've had that answer before. You will literally eat anything but dog? No. I mean, I was only offered one answer. (laughs) Is there a common food that other people like? Seafood. Oh, me too. Even before I was vegan. It's disgusting. They don't count as meat. Um, has an emotional connection to a fish, and they're plentiful. Yeah, I just don't like them. I don't like fish. Why? Why do all Italian guys have big dicks? I don't know. I guess because we were treated so poorly when we came to America, God was like, "I have to give them this one plus." <laughs> and what a plus it is! They really yeah. have the nicest Thank penises. If I, seriously, if I had a, if I had a struggle with a gherkin, I wouldn't be able yeah. to smile through the. Adversity. Take it from me. It's not easy. Um, I, I specifically designed this question for you. When was your happiest moment? 
probably, this is so crazy, I loved being at SUNY Purchase. And when I was a teenager, in my late teens, and I was a shampoo boy at a big hair salon on Long Island, it was the most fucking fun I've ever had in my life. It's called Christopher Street on Vanderbilt Parkway in Dix Hills, and it's still there. It's a they huge named it Christopher hair Street? salon. In the 70s, they named it Christopher Street because the owners at the time thought it was like a hot gay, you know, thing. And then everyone died, and they couldn't rename it Chelsea. Oh. <laughs> so it's still Christopher Street. But you loved working there. Loved it. I still love... I got my hair cut there. In other words, my... A friend of mine worked for Sassoon for years and then went back there and bought it. Wow. Kathy. It's a great place. And what, that was the most fun. Uh, what annoys you most about the gay community? <sighs> the ease with which we hate one another. Oh, that's a good answer. If we look at Grinder and whatever, the, the answers and... The meanness. The meanness the and the, um, the judgment with, you know... I don't think, by the way, that that's endemic to being gay. I think women do that to women. I think black people do that to okay. black people. It's a if you're when you're a repressed group, you tend to turn on each okay. other. Here's what I always say because we're gonna be. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Can you name me three comedians that can fill a room with a gay audience, big room? Kathy Griffin, right? Margaret Cho, right? Exactly. Ellen DeGeneres. No, who's gonna go see that? She, Ellen DeGeneres sells out. Well, which, the point is, they're all women. They're so all we don't. Yeah. Adam, yeah. what's his That's name true. from American Idol? Adam oh, Lambert. Adam Lambert. He should be the he should be the, yeah. should be the biggest him. pop star in the world. I agree. Well, and and I'll add to that too that you know we do some fan conventions for Queer as Folk, and ninety eight percent of it is women. Maybe. Really? Yeah. No, yeah, I very, would totally go. to Women see support boyfriend. gay men sometimes, and gay men support women. Right. But we don't support each other. It's a good point. You made your point. Frank, describe the, the worst gig you ever had, aside from doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> this show's fun. The worst gig I've ever had was on somebody's back porch in Lawrence, Long Island. Oh, God. Diane. She was like, she saw me at Brokerage Comedy Club, and she was like, I'm the chief of police. It's my 60th birthday. So lesbian. She was a linebacker. She was six foot one. It gets. My husband wants to throw me a party, and I was like, "Your husband? Has he seen you? Is he a, is he a blind paraplegic?" I had to perform, and I said, "You saw my act. Do you really think that's going to be okay?" And she said, "You don't know my friends." And her friends were these men wearing those black Vietnamese hats with the little medals oh, no. on them. They st seriously stared at me like when wow. when Daffy Duck turns into a roast bird, and then like, <laughs> it was the worst fifteen minutes of my life. It was only fifteen, at least. It was hard, I've, but it I've done like those gigs where hours. I have to be up there for forty five, and, and the whole time I just want to die. Oh my God, it's I the worst. Right. Um, will Donald Trump still be president a year from now? Yes. Oh, I hate that answer. But you're probably right. Yes. And finally, who is your celebrity crush? I have no idea what you find. Uh, oh my attractive. God! Who is my celebrity crush? Other than Scott Lowell. Well, thank I God. did until you got addicted to crystal meth. I'm sorry. <laughs> that turned off a lot of your fans. No, I, I didn't get turned off by that. Who is my celebrity crush? <laughs> <laughs> Made him I'm actually more really into that. I actually would have asked, yeah, I would have blown it up your hole. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I can't think right now, but I have one. What show is he on? 
God damn it. Oh, my God. There's a show called Good Girls Revolt on Amazon. No idea. Whoever the head of the magazine. It's like Newsweek in 1969. Whoever the head of the magazine is. Frankly, Addy, you are delightful. Where can people find you on social media? Frankly, Addy on Twitter, which I never go on. Frankaholic at Instagram. That's, and and I your love website, which is impossible to find. Frankliotti.com. You do a search for Frankliotti, your website doesn't come because up. Because I haven't been on it since 2012. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Scott Lowell. <laughs> thank you, Next Adam. week, thank we will Scott. have impressionist and voiceover artist Rachel Butera on the show. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Download my comedy album. And have a great week, bitches. Let's give it up for all of us. Yay. Come on. Ring the bell. Another ad. award. I was a 509.